December 8, 2023. It's a Watt for Pedro show. Thank you. 
Pedro Show. Happy Friday. Started off with uh, John Coltrane Quartet. Excerpt, Mr. PC, live at Birdland, March 2, 1963. And we had from Live Skull. This was a John Peel sesh. Safe from me. And because of those uh, Stonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with me. Mark C. from Live Skull. Welcome aboard, Mark. Hey, how's it going? Now, we got to give right away credit to Karen Schomer for the Connect, correct? Yes. Okay. Please bring, I'm, I'm interested in your journey to music, Mark, so please bring your earliest <laughs> musical recollection, if you would. Um, well, I guess uh, one thing was my older sister was kind of hooked in with uh, these kids who were listening to new music as it was coming out, so she was passing down records to me, like uh, the first Led Zeppelin record, and I, I remember that making a serious impression on me. Um, but, uh, you know, around the house, we had a piano. I used to play around on it, but I never really learned much. I just uh, would jam with myself. <laughs> you didn't have the ordeal of the piano lesson? I, you know, I don't think I ever really had a piano lesson. It's possible maybe one or two, but I, I, at that point, uh, when I was growing up, I wasn't really that receptive to that kind of instruction. Well, I've had people on the show, and it wasn't their idea either. It seems like the parents, and it kind of a trauma for some cats. They almost wanted to quit music, and I think it big problem was probably a teacher yeah but, i think you're i think you're right the uh the methodology of of teaching was not that fun right some kind of like you know here's how you do it now do it or <laughs> some shit right. right and it's probably tune jane into or you know what, what about school were you in the marching band or the choir shit like that no i, I remember when uh in you know, i think it was probably grade school uh, actually, when they were, uh, you know, uh, handing out the instruments or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, that, I, I want to play the trumpet. That looks cool. Yeah. But there were only like two trumpets and oh, like yeah. two or 200 kids. <laughs> so by the time uh, it was my turn, uh, I was offered a clarinet, which I, I appreciate now. But at the time, I, I just had no interest in. So I basically skipped all my... Uh, you got That's, the clarinet, but then you said, nah, I'll pass. Yeah, yeah okay. I the, and I, I had that clarinet for years, but I never really connected with it. Oh, okay. I, ten weeks in junior high. I tried, but the, Mr. Luna was a teacher. He said, what, you got to, Mr. Watt, I don't want you to keep wasting your time and my time. They looked at the class, <laughs> our time. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, fuck this. Right, Seventh okay. grade trauma. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. What about first record you bought with your own money? I know you no, got the I, Led Zeppelin I, one from your sister, but that was free, yeah, right? Yeah, with my own. I mean, I didn't really have much spending money when I was growing That's up. That's why I asked that question, because yeah. I'm curious so by what the time, somebody... Really, by the time I was able to buy records, I think some. it was either... It could have been Blood on the Tracks by Dylan. Bobby Dylan. Or uh, maybe... Uh, Live Evil by Miles Davis. I mean, one of those. I, I, and I had a, 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 a Jimi Hendrix record, I think, after he passed away that I might have bought. Michael I, Henderson. I, I really liked uh, on that live. 
Also, you know, uh, Dave uh, uh, Holland, great bass band too. Michael Henderson was just, just, you know, bring a guy from the Apollo. Yeah, yeah why not? Nicky Cano. He ended up a disco singer in Europe after uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's trippy. Uh, what about first gig you saw? Um, well, I was very fortunate that my older sister took me to a Jimi Hendrix show. Ah, you got to see Jimi. Yeah, at uh, is that the Spectrum in Philly? I don't know if you ever aware of that. No, you was, know what? Get <clears throat> this. That's a trippy thing you brought up because second wife Charles Bukowski lives here in Pedro. That's where he spent his last fourteen years. Wow. Her name's Linda, and she's from Philly. And she told me she smoked a lenio with Jimmy at that gig. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I mean, it, it was so crazy because I mean, I was young enough that. I was loving being there, but it sounded kind of, it was hard for me to understand the sound a little bit in this big state, you know, stadium, et cetera. And at the, by the end of the show, he couldn't leave the stage. The crowd was just, I mean, they were up on the stage holding him. They had to bring, the bouncers had to come on and like basically get him off the stage. Nobody wanted to leave. And Pry him loose. <laughs> yeah, it was before they controlled everybody so much at these shows. You know, you used to hang out after a show. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, well, let me, you know, I know you end up on guitar. So yep. there, there's there's the piano, there's the unplayed clarinet, and then there's a guitar. I mean, see why I'm trying to uh, connect the dots here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, a big change for me was when I moved to San Francisco after school. I uh, immediately uh, discovered, so to speak, punk rock. And uh, it was 1977, so it was well underway. And it's really the first I had heard of it and uh, got uh, met some friends who were all involved in the scene in San Francisco. And I started, uh, I'd studied photography in school. And uh, I started, I, I, I'd given up on everything from school and art photography, everything. But I thought, oh, I could take pictures of some of these bands, which I started to do um, very casually and then started roading for this band called The Situations. It was a really cool San Francisco band. And, uh, you know, I started seeing, you know, I got to see all these bands out there, the germs, everybody. And uh, while I was roading for this one band, The, the Situations, the drummer decided to start his own band and just invited me to be in his band. And I said, I don't play anything. <laughs> and he said, a little, bit of, a little piano. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I said, <laughs> but I did play around on piano, just myself casually. And he said, okay, keyboards. So I started there and, uh, Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that was the audition, I mean, huh? <laughs> yeah, I got yeah exactly. I, I when I went back to Philly to visit my parents, I went to a pawn shop in West Philly and bought a really cool '60s Farfisa organ. Took it back on the plane, almost broke my back. Yeah, and uh, you know we actually played a few shows. Uh, I, I brought my uh, what was this group? Box. What was this group called? Well, we we had different names. Uh, at one point we were called, I don't know, Blase Decay. Then we were called Crop. And and my roommate, actually, at that time was uh, Deborah Isle from uh, Romeo Void. Oh, yeah. And Singer. So, yeah, so we started opening for her band at different places and then had other shows. Um, and uh, we actually, uh, you know, if you want me to continue, I, I'll just tell it quickly. But um, Yeah, because uh, okay, it's interesting. Yeah, we, uh, uh, 
while I was still in San Francisco. And, and I, I wanted to say that this is where I really got into record collecting with punk rock. I mean, I wanted every single I, that I liked. I didn't buy everyone just to have it. I bought ones I liked, but I was avid about, you know, we, me and my friends reserved the first copies of uh, Unknown Pleasures to come into San Francisco. Oh, so wow. Five copies came into one store and the guy's like, you better run over and get them quick because uh, I'm having a hard time holding on to your copies. You're talking about Joy Division. Yeah. Now, but, now um, the big label, I remember in those older days in the city, was Subterranean, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I I wonder if they did they have was uh was uh, Dead Kennedys on that maybe I don't think so I think oh, okay. uh, uh, the one I'm thinking of is Flipper you know and oh yeah and yeah. then Flipper. also Joe Carducci uh, did something with those guys and so I and I know a little bit about it it's 400 miles north I mean I know it's all yeah. <laughs> well Flipper almost was enough to keep me in San Francisco you know we sure. were, the San Francisco music scene was a little bit retro. You yeah. know, like punk still from 76, 77 were their main influences. And we were starting to get intrigued by post-punk now with, with Wire and, and Gang of Four and Joy Division. Well, yeah, stuff like Sleepers. Yeah, and the Sleepers yeah, we yeah. loved. Ricky, great singer. Yeah, unbelievable. Started off as drummer for crime. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they had the best posters. I know, but... Not the greatest band, <laughs> but I love Sleepers. Oh my God, they were such a good band, and I guess he was in Flipper a little bit. Yeah, I think. I uh, yeah, I think so. You know, but, uh, you know, Brother Ted was telling me he had a real rough time growing up, Ricky. You know, it was really oh, fucked okay. up. Yeah, very sad. That's really talented cat, and uh, really sad to lose him. I want to play. You gave me another uh, John Peel thing that Live Skull did. A demo.
it covers the windows. The roof peak lies sideways on the ground.
Show that chunk of music star of live skull doing a demo Adama peel session sky furrows after that. Welcome to Niverville. Speaking of Karen Schomer, circles of animals with poisons, poison the lamb, Ithaca, <laughs> not Ithaca, but Ithaca with the uh, imitation of war. Ye, ye, or have you a direct connection to change from cohort B? The cassette I got in the mail. Shiverboard was on there too with the torrential drenching. And Nod, I think this is off there. Got in the mail. Byron sent it to me. I guess it came out the vinyl version of this. This is theme from Nod. Rochester Band. Non La with Holmes. Holmes? Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's uh, Michael Crystal Jerome Glaugwin. Fabian Rub Trio with Roast Cheese and Fine Love Live Skull. Sorry. Debbie's Heartache. We were talking off air about, I was talking with Chip Kim and one of the Dills, and he was saying about 77 up in the city was like a special time for his him that he'll never forget. And uh, Mark here's saying it was great for him too. Yeah. That, and then, like you said, it was a coincidence. You just stumbled on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I remember, uh, you know, seeing the first Dead Kennedy shows, uh, seeing the germs, seeing, uh, you know, and then the English band started coming. The first fall tour, uh, that show at the Mabuhe Gardens was just amazing. Well, all the gigs were there for a while, right? Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> then the Deaf Club. Then up. Deaf Club. Yeah. I saw yeah. that, uh, <laughs> fall. Was, was Blurred on the gig? I, that first show, I, I don't, 
think so, but I don't remember. Because here it was sure. Blurt uh, Fall and okay. uh, Divine possible. Horseman. Uh, that's, yeah, that's possible. I, 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 after the first single of The Fall, I was just... I mean, they, they were one of the reasons I think I really started playing music because I was like, oh, this is something. Oh, yeah, let's different. talk about music again. Okay, so you're yeah. on the keyboard still. Yeah, you, you haven't so, gone to the guitar yet. Yeah, well, what happened was, you know, we're starting to get into post-punk and buying those, those fresh records. And then comes uh, No New York, the uh, yeah. you know, compilation of No Out of New York music. City, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, what is this? And I just started listening to it over and over. Finally uh, decided to take a trip to New York City to see what it was all about and uh, caught this show with uh, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks Lady. and uh, Suicide at Max's. And uh, I was like, this is, I, was, I just felt this was some serious musical action going on. And uh, my whole band decided to move to New York. Oh, wow. <laughs> because <laughs> what? You the, gave them a gig report? And they said, yeah. Yeah. Well, every We were all a little bit antsy just about the, like I said, this retro quality of the music in San Francisco. Aside from like, you know, the sleepers were over and and, yeah. and, and uh, Flipper was, was, was cool. But, you know, they also had their own uh, uh, difficulties, you know. And, and, and the whole San Francisco, you know, when I moved there, it was a post- hippie era there was still a lot of drug lag left over and then the punk scene was very heavily into speed and yeah it, kind of, it just, kind of destroyed that scene right yeah it totally did and we i wanted to get away from that and uh funny you go to new york lower east side <laughs> and that was pretty <laughs> <More> drugs, <laughs> ravaged too <laughs> but um our focus was on the music and we we got to new york and uh basically we started. They had a mark in that one of their bands. What, what was it? Mars. Uh, and I think this yeah, cat lives Mark, in uh, Barcelona these days. He's still yeah. making music. Yeah. 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 They, they were one of my favorite favorite bands. So well, they cool. were the big one off that record, I, I, and also Contortions. They were great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, actually, Brian Eno made that record, huh? Yeah. He, yeah. He produced it, and you know, Live Skull for the first time. Uh, a few weeks ago, got to play with Bush Tetras. Oh, wow. Okay. My, with Steve Shelley on drums, right? Yeah. And uh, the new you know, guy, the new Sonic guy. They got the new Sonic. Yeah, he yeah, was like the yeah, new guy exactly. for 25 years. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But, you know, we, we, we got to New York. We, we wanted a guitar player in the band. We put uh -huh. an ad in, in the Village Voice saying, and it, I mean, now it's a common thing, but at the time, I think. Not many ads had this phrasing, which was punk, funk, guitarist wanted. Wow, speaking and of contortions. We, we, got, we got every single New York guitarist uh, from Ian and Reed. Did to, you get Pat Place? Except Pat Place. She was busy <laughs> learning guitar with the contortions. I found yeah. out that was her first. Yeah, ever. yeah, she was on the show, her and uh, Cynthia. And I can't um, believe it because she was so great. I know. She I, was I, just I, learning. I, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable, but um, yeah. So we auditioned all these guitar players, and and Tom and I, you know, we had been listening to. You're the, talking about the, Tom, the, Tom, Tom, the Tom, Tom Violent that he ended up being the. Thurston told me he wrote Tom Violence for him. Tom Payne, right? Oh, oh, that's great. Well, you know, we we uh, we had been listening to this post punk, which was the 
you know, the you know state of the art kind of uh, evolution of punk, aside from No Wave, which was a whole separate thing. And uh, but none of these musicians really had uh, were hip to that yet that we were auditioning. So they didn't really get what we okay. wanted. And by the end of it, the drummer was frustrated. He wanted to start the band with one of the people we auditioned with. And Tom and I said, you know, we're going to start a new band. And eventually we just picked up guitars ourselves and said, look, we're, we're just going to try to play the sound we hear in our heads and we've been following. Wow. And that's okay. what we did. So, and you end up teaching each other, teaching yourselves. Yeah, we just taught ourselves. We, 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 in the meantime, before that, we had this band called Body, which was more of a no-wave band. And in that band, everyone would switch instruments. So I started to get to play with a guitar a little bit. And then um, when, lives, when, when Body was offered a show that, that they couldn't do, Tom and I said, let's start a new band. And we both... We start. We, we we came up with the name Live Skull. Yeah, who who meeting. did you or Tom? Well, I, I, I on the way to our meeting to decide on a name, I, I tore this poster off the wall for this reggae band, Black Skull. Yeah, and when I tore the because I thought, oh, that's a cool name. And when we got when I got there, it was on my counter. I'm looking down, and all I got was well, they were playing live at some venue, and all I got was Skull Live. You know, Black Skull playing live at. I said, "Live skull." That's it, and that was it. And you know, we said, "We, you know, we said at that moment, we said, we want a name that we have to live up to. We want something to push us to be bigger and 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 and, and you know, go outside of ourselves." We already were in these bands that were kind of, you know, only got so far, and we said, "Well, we want to push ourselves." And we figured, like live skull, you'd have to. You have to bring it. Yeah, not that. just be a skull, but you got to be yeah. a live skull. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we liked it because we we were kind of a little interested in the more intellectual side of new music. <clears throat> so we liked the connotations there too. Now, did you leave your drummer? You get a new drummer? Yeah, we we eventually, uh, you know, we had different people playing drums, mostly non-drummers. You know, in those days. It was not easy to find a drummer. Oh, I don't. Uh, Ikuei with DNA, right? Yeah, she was amazing. Yeah, but to, like so that was her first time on drums, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we had I yes, saw, exactly. They actually we played had, the Hong Kong Cafe. I got to see them, the, not with Robin, but with uh, Rick Wright on the bass. Oh, okay, yeah. They were great band. But the idea of yeah, not be playing and just playing that was so balls out to me. Yeah. It's hard to call that post punk because it's. It's still the idea of just doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and, true. And also, well, that, that, in those days, like a couple of years made a big difference. Not like these days. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny. That's why people always ask me what was my biggest influence. And even though like aesthetically or musically, I would say post-punk and, and no wave. But really, I always say punk. Because yeah. like you're saying, it's that idea that you just pick up the instrument. And you play. That's what it is. It's more an idea than a style. I think the style is the cats who pick up the instruments. That's where you get the style. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. December 8, 2023. Dish Wap Pedro Show special guest Mark C. Hold tight for hour two. December 8, 2023. Second hour. Wap for Pedro Show. <laughs>
Change. 
for Pedro Shostov, second hour, live skull doing Neutralize the Outliers, and Dead Lakin. The, the next couple songs is from this benefit for the Gaza situation. Inhabited, Randolph and Graham got together. Topplex after that with Dim, Randall the Ghost, Penguin. Then uh, from Germany, Helldecker, My Baby Doesn't Smoke. This is from Randolph, too, out of Eugene, very uh, difficult <clears throat> music song. Post homo hubris jazz side nine excerpt. Finally, live skull with details of the madness. Can you remember the first live skull gig? Uh, <clears throat> yes, very well. Um, first of all, it's the first time I ever played guitar, and uh, it, it, we we got actually my other band body got invited to do this, but live skull did it in the end. But it was a a, a book release party for. Uh, S. Clay Wilson, comics yes, artist. the the checker and, demon. Yeah, and only it was at uh, this uh, like a Chippendales, like you know, like a, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like this 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 Upper East Side dance club. Right for ladies, and, uh, right? You know, I, I I had been in the punk scene and in these you know smaller bands and this and that, and you know, like we got a call, you know, that afternoon saying. The limousine's on its way to pick you guys up, <laughs> and uh, so we're so we're riding. Live Skull is riding up instead of instead of the yellow cabs. You know, we're riding up in a in a limousine for your first and, gig. Uh, uh, I think I think what happened was uh, uh, part. I, I think they I think they might have cut us off before our set was over, or at least they wouldn't let us do another song, one or the other. And the lead singer got a little mad and started throwing things around and one thing led to the next. And then we were escorted out of the building. <laughs> Whoa. Now who was it besides you and Tom, who was in the band at this point? We had a uh, Julie Hare. She's in this band, three teens kill four, uh-huh. a New York band. And, uh, Marnie, uh, Greenholds who, who became, you know, the long-term life skull bass player. Right. And uh, she and Julie now are in this new band called uh, Female Genius. Whoa. Not to be confused with Boy Genius. And well, uh, I don't want to hear them, but I would like yeah, to check exactly. out these guys. This, is, um, this interests me. And then, uh, you know, I... Th- you know, I, I saw I'm, Bob Lawton. He's living out in the desert now. I saw uh, him a couple of months ago in Joshua Tree. Yeah, small fucking wow. world. That's where I want to move. He was <laughs> running a theater in Northampton. <laughs> yeah. Anyway... Uh, and uh, who was on drums? So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't remember exactly. We had so many different drummers. Yeah, well, I, on. you know, I remember playing with you guys, and but there were different lineups. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I played I one of the first gigs that Talia started singing for you. That 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 was 1987. Yeah, really. Firehose, way down the road. Yeah, you know, Firehose uh, was, you know, we played with Firehose in Orlando. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Talia was not in good shape in those days. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But she's, you know, she came through it. She's doing incredible stuff now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we we played with uh, Minutemen at uh, uh, Irving Plaza. Absolutely. I remember that. And, and that was another line. She wasn't in the band then. No, no that was the original lineup, um, which was James Lowe on drums, Marnie, Tom Payne, and me. Oh, so you and, do know the drummer. It was James? 
Yeah, but he he didn't play in that first. He show. wasn't at the first one, so he's not the original drummer, really. <laughs> he, yeah, he's the first recording drummer. Though. Okay. Okay, and there was another band that kind of reminded me of that scene too. Uh, Rat at Rat R. That's right, and because you probably did gigs with them, right? I ended up. Uh, John Meyer conducted some of Greg, uh, uh, Glenn Bar- uh, Branca's. Uh, yes, yeah. that's right. That's a trip, man. And, and Sonda ended up being the live skull bass player. In that's that. right. That's right. And she. Sonda. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that, was, that was just a small, a lucky coincidence that that her band, that Brad Red R broke up, and right when we needed a bass player, it was it was so. Perfect. You know, and I had another cat that uh, Ron. One of their guitar players, he went on to be a solo guy. Uh, I'm going to play you in a perfect world.
Show that chunk of music start off within a perfect world live skull passarella with uh, what do you call that when it's the same name? All right, pa- passarella is the name of the song, yeah. When you like got an album title and it's the same self-titled. name, as the, uh, huh? Self titled, self titled, yeah. But there's there's also a word for this, some kind of Greek or Latin word uh. that, that it's a senior moment. What is it? It's lost it. <laughs> Uh, Bomb was pregnant after that was sadly, sadly Sal. Scenic with Above the Rim, and then Live Skull with Magic Consciousness. Uh, so, yeah, so we're talking about all these different, you went through a lot of iterations of the band. But but not, not really, you had a core, right? It was just certain yeah. members yeah. Would, you were replacing or yes, being replaced. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. you and Tom kept the, like the core going, right? Yeah, and and remember we had started playing together in San Francisco. Right, right, right. right. Uh, you were the keyboard man. Yeah, and Tom was playing bass. Really, Tom was a bass yeah. man. Okay. Yeah, he's a, he's actually a great bass player. Wow, what's he doing these days? I haven't heard from he, him. You know, he 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 was te- he teaches film and does film criticism. Got wow. Film. Okay. Living yeah. in Portland. He's in Portland. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. But he's not doing music anymore. But he, okay, yeah. I remember him talking to me about movies, so. Yeah. yeah figures, figures. That's good. That's good. good. That's good. So, but but you went through all these different iterations. And uh, like we were talking, people, uh, Minutemen play with Live Skull. Pharaohs play with Live Skull. Shit, if I get out there with another prod, I'll probably play with Live Skull again. And, yeah, that would be awesome. But, but. There was a hiatus time, right? Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to say how many decades. It but... was it was decades, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but in you know uh, twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, uh, we uh, Rich, who was the second Live Skull drummer, and I got invited to play at this uh, party for uh, the the 30th anniversary of Martin BC studio. Oh, Martin. Yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where we had recorded and mixed on most of our records. I was there for the evil record for the what evil, uh, love backwards, like the Sonic Youth, the one, uh, I think it's the one before sister. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, you know, they recorded there, you know, Hey, Herbie Hancock recorded there. A lot of people recorded there. Um, what I remember but, was like 
in those days, Martin didn't have a, a booth. Like he was in the room no. with your recording. <laughs> All of our records were recorded that way in the room with him. Like, like how, did, how did he know what was coming over the mics? <laughs> I have no idea, but he was so good at it. He, yeah. he just knew his room so well. Yeah, yeah. He ended and up being making a, a solo himself. record for uh, Greg Ginn. I remember he had a little uh, Kachina doll. And then I got to play with him a couple years ago in Canada. He's, he's been, was torn and stuff, had a band. Yeah. So yeah. you got invited to play this thing. So there's kind of yeah, a reunited, and, uh, reunited thing. And I was going to play with some people from the Swans. And I was kind of looking forward to it. I hadn't jammed with those guys. Just freeform jamming kind, kind of thing. And then, uh, but Rich had this idea that Marnie had recently, Marnie, the original bass player from right. high school, had moved back to New York. And he, he called Martin and said, hey, Marnie's here. Why don't Mark, Marnie, and I do something? So uh, I agreed to that, and uh, we thought we'd get together once, or you know, or twice maybe before doing it, just to just to play together. And we just immediately started writing songs, just like that, just like old times. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, so by the time of the show, we had like five or six new tunes, and uh, you know, uh, Martin put out a compilation with one of the songs, and which was, I think. Uh, uh, details of the madness, the first version of it. And when, and when you yeah. say move back to New York, you're not talking Manhattan. You're, are you talking like Hudson Valley? Because you're you're up north now, right? No, no, I'm I'm still. Oh wow, you're in Manhattan. Noho, okay, okay. Downtown Manhattan. Okay. Still there. Okay. Yeah, kind For of some reason, I thought everybody moved. Yeah, everybody. Most people have. But <laughs> okay. you know, the first move was to Brooklyn. A lot of people and and. Yeah, you know, Bushwick, right. far out in Brooklyn, not just Brooklyn, far out in Brooklyn. That's been a just an amazing change for the city because Brooklyn is just so full of amazing creative projects, both art and business. And, you know, unfortunately, obviously, New York is just getting too expensive for everybody. But yeah, absolutely. Over this time period of 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 uh, the Brooklyn explosion of of artists and musicians, it's just been such an amazing time of activity and, and work, you know, and that, nothing like back in the day when we were all huddled around each other within like, you know, 14 square blocks. <laughs> you know? And then you run into everybody, you go, you know, if you wanted to see, we didn't need cell phones because we know we'd run into everybody we wanted to see at one place or another on any given night. That's a trip. Uh, look, we're at the end of the second hour, December 8, 2023, Dish Watt, Peter Show, special guest Mark C. Hold tight for our three. December 8, 2023, third hour, what for Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro show. Start off third hour. Live skull doing flying blind. Then we had witch egg. Seku. That uh, witch egg is a side project of uh, who's the OC guy? RISD guy. But he lives here in Cali now. But he's an incredible musician. Guitar man. Uh, oh, another senior moment. <laughs> Fresher from Canada with I Could Watch You Eat Spaghetti. Uh, they're I don't know, three hours north of Toronto, telling me it was, God, I can't remember where they were telling me, but I just got to play with them a couple months ago. Infinite River, summer session number six, got to miss you. And then finally, Live Skull, Inside the Exclusion Zone. So, Mark, tell me about this new record. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, Party Zero. Um, you know, originally when Live Skull started, it was the Reagan era. And 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 uh, we just had to make some noise, you know, big noise. And yep. it just so happens, maybe so happens that Live Skull restarted, uh, you know, when Mr. Trump was elected president, and we were about as depressed as we could be. Yep. And you know, the first Live Skull, you know, being still very punk influence, it, it was and it was. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, it was perf- personal conflict. It was rebellion against the world. Those were our themes, you know, re- you know, the politics of personal relationships and, and then just, you know, trying to make your way in a world that didn't seem fit. And then uh, but the the new live skull was kind of based on politics, really, you know, trying to react to the scary uh, lean in this country, uh, you know, away from democracy, frankly. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we wanted to, so, so the lyrics of party zero, you know, party zero, the zero party, uh, you know, the the place where it's going to all start the change. Um, Yeah. we originally were going to call it flying blind just because we felt that's how this country was moving forward. But, you mean um, like this too? Yes. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, so it's, uh, the new album, it features, uh, we have, uh, our new guitar player, Dave, Dave Hollinghurst and Ken Heine, new bass player and, and my old pal, Rich Hutchins on drums. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, we just came together on this, uh, you know, trying to trying to undo the darkness, trying to get out of the darkness through diving into it, you know, inside the exclusion zones. A good example of, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, wh- and where did you record it? We recorded it here at my my studio, which is in Hoboken. OK. Which is called Deep Sea Studio. And uh, uh, it's where Sonic Youth had their studio and Yola Tango has their studio. It's it's one of the old, last old industrial, uh, you know, uh, um, building complexes in Hoboken. It's a pretty great space. Uh, and did you make demos or did you guys get we, together to jam things out? I mean, yeah, what was the we, process? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was hard because it was kind of pandemic, post-pandemic kind of thing. You played when you could, but sure. we normally live skull likes to ideally work from jamming together. 
Like maybe someone comes in with a riff or two, but no yeah. full songs. Okay, yeah, and, no cassette tapes. Like here's the tune, guys. Make yeah. it so. Yeah. And Tom and I, back in the day, religiously, we take all the cassettes of all the rehearsals and then start piecing together one, you know, one riff from the other. And we were trying to go from, instead of something that went together. Yeah. We want things that didn't go together, so that you'd have a radical change, so that you could really make make an emotional statement or a musical statement, you know, that could change yeah. keys, whatever. So we really, that was our preferred way of working. You know, once, once the pandemic hit and people had to spend more times al- alone and stuff, Yeah. you know, the current live skull, we kind of wrote out, some of them are from jams. Some of them are from more worked out material, just solo on our own because uh-huh. we just had to work that way. Right. But would you call the album self-produced? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay. we, the last, uh, all the new Live Skull records, yeah. uh, the first one was uh, Saturday Night Massacre and then Dangerous Visions and, and, and Party Zero were all self-produced at our own, at my studio. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have some, like Sven Galley, hey, I got an idea, guys. It's the band organically <clears throat> cooking up their own. Absolutely. I want to play this Mad King shit.
for Pedro's show. Last music for this edition. That Chuck Starve Live Skull doing Mad King shit. Then we had Chris Burns and his Going Concerns out of Montreal with Liquid Lunch. BXMR out of Rotterdam with Cha Cha Cha. Bronson Caves. First, though, Bronson Caves is some project. Dezo from. He's the third singer for Black Flag. And uh, Kay's brother Paul. Finally, Love Skull with Pusher Man. Yeah. So what's the plan now? Uh, <laughs> I know exactly. Well, we, we're, we're going to go to Europe in uh, February. You got, and, a tour, uh, you got a tour mapped out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like a three and a half weeks, four week tour. And, uh, yeah, continue playing shows, start working on a new album, uh, and... Uh, you mean you're already starting on a new album? You guys are cooking yeah, up new songs? Yeah, we started jamming. We started jamming. I, my my, uh, my personal uh, ambition with this record is to really try to get back to having the core ideas come from the jamming. Instead of, like, person alone brings in the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. it just seems more organic, and 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 it, it, and I think uh, people are more free playing, not thinking so much, and you get some ideas that are um, more fluid. I think. Yeah, you know, I've noticed people who spend a lot of time with menus end up ordering the same thing all the time. <laughs> so if you maybe just go where your eyes stab, you know, maybe that's that kind of idea. But uh, what about uh, on the internet? If people want to find out about Live School, where can is there a place they can go? Yeah, I mean the best is you know our Instagram Live School official or Facebook um, uh, Live School, and uh, yeah, I mean one, one other thing about the the playing live is it gets gets you outside of yourself. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of what we were saying, but. It goes back to like the lyric writing, for instance, for Party Zero, which which I do a lot of uh, cut up, mixed with stream of consciousness and and collaging, and I think that uh, that takes you outside of yourself and hopefully connects into a different you know force that's out there, and uh, I think that's that's an ambition going forward with Live Skull. And when you unite the words with the music, does it matter which comes first? Uh, usually, like, to, like, let me ask you this: Do you keep like a reservoir, some kind of trove of words, that, or, or do, you, or do you write I, on demand? Like, hey, I need yeah. a tune; I got to come up with stuff. I I try to be writing all the time, and um, without thinking about it, just word after word, you know, borrowing phrases I read or hear or see, and just keep it, and then. When it comes, when when the music is starting to come together, then I'll start pick and choosing lines from that body of writing that seem to go with the sound of the music, and then it starts to take a shape on its own, and then starts to have a meaning, and then it starts to have a, like a theme, and and then when you work on it consciously, finally, then you mold it. It starts getting molded into a real song. So it's. It's a layered process that allows for as much accident and outside influence as possible. 
Well, is it kind of like what you you and Tom did with the cassettes? Yeah, exactly. So the you're kind of cherry picking, and yeah, and yeah. then okay, and it gets realized as you find the stuff. Yeah, so yeah. the stuff ain't so a priori. It's part of the yeah, the wonder of like discovery. Yeah, I understand. I mean, that's, that's I mean, why that, you want to get the jam thing back. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I realized that you know when we did our last jam together. Uh, playing together I, I realized you know I mean why do you keep doing this and and in those moments when something comes out that is new and has never been played before hopefully or you feel it's new to you at least that that moment is so satisfying and so interesting like where'd that come from that that's 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 the fun that's why you want to keep playing music yeah I, I think they call it the eureka moment yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you you can forget about it when you when you when you don't experience it. You're like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I got to you know lug my gear around again or whatever. But then when you do that, you're like, I think that's why so many people have gotten into freeform playing. Try yeah. to get that high all the time. Sure, sure, sure. Instead of like, because you know, connect the dot karaoke, fucking right. Your own karaoke machine. Yeah. Look. I can't wait to hear the next live skull record. When you get it recorded, will you come back on the show? We can play it, talk about it. Uh, absolutely, that sounds great. Okay, thank you so much, Mark. I wish you the best of luck. Keep the thank keel you. in the water out over there in Europe with your tour. So thank glad you. you're playing again. Okay. And I hope we get to play together soon. Absolute, share that stage. Okay, cool. Okay, brother. People, Later. it's been December eight, twenty twenty-three edition. Why Pedro? So keep your powder dry. <laughs>